That is a good question. Do I put the stand here or do I stand here? Tricky guys back there. <laughs> I, I don't know which one. How's everybody doing tonight? It is almost summer. Come on, you guys. I'm hoping that next week we actually get sun outside. I don't know about you, but I hate it when it's cloudy and rain. I feel like Eeyore on cloudy days. Just like, nobody loves me. Like, right? Like, and so hopefully next time we'll be outside, play some gaga ball. Um, so tonight we're going to continue our Can't Stop, Won't Stop series. And I just need to t- throw out one more thing that we didn't announce. Um, Royal Family Kids Camp, if you want to throw that up there. The training is this weekend, May uh, 5th and 6th, I believe. Um, so don't forget about that. If it's your first time here, you need to be there Friday. Uh, otherwise, if you've been there, you're a veteran, you know what you're doing, show up Saturday and we'll tell you it all again, okay? Uh, so just remember that. And then, uh, um, I don't know, I'm thinking about tomorrow. I'm a Star Wars fan. How many of, you are, of us here are Star Wars fans? Yeah. How nerdy is it that we have May the 4th be with you? Like, do, do all... <laughs> I, like, I feel like it's just, it's just saying that all Star Wars fans have a list, right? Like, may the fourth be with you. Like, we can't say the fourth right, right? Anyway, sorry. I'm just venting there. Um, so anyway, it's a cloudy day. Don't, don't, uh, don't blame me. But we've talked about how our life is a mist in this series, right? No fog machine? Dang it. Must be out. Um, but uh, it's what we do with that mist that matters. Um, we may be thinking that we're going to live forever um, right now when you're in high school, when you're, when you're young. But trust me, it, uh, it, it, pretty soon you'll be as old as I am. I'm not speaking anything against you. But um, we talked about how Jesus walks on water. Um, and, and he wants us to have that walk on water moment, right? When he calls Peter to get out of the boat and Peter asks him, Jesus says, come. And, and Peter jumps out of the boat and starts walking on water. But to do that, we need to get out of the boat. Um, and so, um, you guys, I just want to say too, like as I was preparing for tonight, um, you guys, I'm excited to, to see what God has, has in store for you guys. I'm excited to see um, you guys make me want to live out this life of can't stop, won't stop. I'm excited for your generation. I'm excited to see what God does with your generation, what he does with your lives. I'm excited to see the impact that you're going to have on this world. I'm excited to see the impact that you're already having on this world because I see a generation in you that loves, like no other generation. I see a generation that cares, and, and, it, and you care enough to do something about it. I see a generation that does. It's not good enough just to, to, to say it, but we need to live it out. Uh, guys, I see a generation with great impact. Whether you believe it or not, I see that you're going to be future leaders, future politicians, even if you hate politics. Somebody needs to go in there and wake things up, right? Future lawyers, future business people. It excites me beyond what I can explain. Because if it didn't, I wouldn't be up here. It wouldn't be worth it to me. But sometimes we don't see the bigger picture in our lives. We don't see God's picture in our life. We don't see what God is doing around us, what he's doing in us. And sometimes we don't even believe what other people say about us, right? Like, you have this ability, you are so talented in this area, and we can be like, pfft. You don't know nothing about me. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not any good at that anyway, right? Like, we, we think that of ourselves. 
And we find ourselves in our, in our life, like we, we get in these moments where we just coast, right? Like some of us might be coasting to like, we're seniors. It's almost graduation day. I'm almost out of high school. I don't need to take another test. Like, I'm, you know, like right? we, we get in that mode. Where we're just like, I'm coasting to graduation. I don't care. Tyler. What? Senioritis. <laughs> in, in college, that's, there's, there's another term if you're like a fifth year senior, super senioritis, right? Like you're just like ready to be done. Stage two senioritis? That sounds terminal. I don't know if I like that. <laughs> I've got, you don't want stage four because that means you're almost a doctor. Anyway, or you should be uh, anyway. But, um, but for me, in, in, in my high school life, I coasted through. Um, my first two years of college, I coasted. My first semester, I never really even went to class. I was too busy playing Counter-Strike. Yes, they had Counter-Strike back then. What was said? That's it. Who said that? <laughs> I coasted through my first, uh, I coasted myself into academic probation my second semester of college. Pretty impressive, right? <laughs> All right, then, I guess I'm done. No. But no, it's not impressive. I caught myself doing and saying things that I never thought I would have been a part of in high school. When people ask me what, you, what I wanted to be when I grew up, frankly, being a druggie and a drop, almost a dropout was not high on my list in high school, right? So I found myself, uh, I'm sorry, jumping ahead of myself, but thankfully when I look back in my life, I see that God has strategically placed people in my life to wake me up. One day I was at work, I worked for an internet company, um, none of you probably know what it is, Prairie Lakes Internet um, it went under in a hurry because the owner made it go under. Anyway, um, not because I was working there, but uh, um, I went to lunch and came back, and uh, I kind of got into this habit of, of when I went to lunch, I would, basically, I would smoke weed over lunch, and I would come back. I'm, 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 I'm sharing this to be transparent. Well, they would be. They, and I was disappointed in me because, like I said, in high school, I, would have, I, would, I never would have saw myself doing that. So anyway, I would go to lunch, I would come back, and I would like basically be trying to work high as a kite. And it took a friend of mine to seize the moment and to say something in, to me that just woke me up in that moment. This friend, um, he could have ignored that situation, right? And he had for a while. He was just kind of like, I'm going to let you do your thing. But it was like one day I just came back and he looks at me and I can still see his face to this day. I can still see the look that he gave me. Just, there was utter disgust in his, in his face and he's like, dude, what are you doing with your life? And I remember like staring at him going, I don't know. I'm almost failing out of school. I'm doing things I never saw or never thought I would be doing. Interestingly, I laughed. This guy's name was Paul. There was a Paul in my life that, that seized the moment that he could have ignored it. How many situations do we do that? We see people going for a train wreck and we just ignore the situation. It's too uncomfortable. We don't want to say anything. It would have been easier for him not to say something to me. It would have been easier for my girlfriend at the time not to invite me to Chi Alpha. 
It would have been easier for, easier for him to stop hanging out with a druggie and go find some new friends. It would have been easier for her to just dump me and move on. I'm so incredibly thankful for Paul in my life. I'm thankful for Katie in my life. I'm thankful that God used them to stop me from coasting in my life. Have you ever had a moment in your life when you knew that you were supposed to say something to someone and you didn't? Anybody ever had that moment? Well, you know you're supposed to say something and you just can't. You don't. What happened as a result of not saying anything? Anybody have a story? Anybody see somebody's life or a result of their decision? Things start to unravel for them? How many of us tend to sit back and watch life move in front of us? I believe that Jesus wants us to live out this can't stop, won't stop, because he wants us to seize every moment in our life. He doesn't want us to coast. He wants you to do what my friend Paul did for me. Love someone enough to not to watch their life collapse. I'm grateful that he sees that moment to speak life into me. Even with the disgusting look he had on his face, like, dude, what are you doing with your life? You guys, we have one life to live. God has given us one shot. He's placed us on this earth once. We don't have any do-overs. We don't have time for regrets. And as I was thinking about this, and maybe it's because in high school, I, I played sports. So, so I, like, I like kind of being the, 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 the coach mentality. But when I leave this earth, I want to walk up to Jesus and say, Jesus, I left it all on the field. Right? There's nothing else that I could have done. I left it there. I don't want to walk up and be like, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have said this. I wish I would have spoke to my brother. I wish I would have spoke to my family. I don't have any regrets. I seized every moment you gave me, God. I brought as many people with me as I could. Because I've had those moments where I walk by somebody and I'm like, I know I'm supposed to say something and I haven't. Our faculty advisor for Kyle, he's uh, a spirit-filled uh, professor at MSU. His name is Stephen Losh. And if you, if you watched the news at all recently when the, when the earthquake happened, he was actually in the news. He was the geology professor that was, he's big old white beard. And, and anyway, one of his sayings is he's like, we're here to plunder the gates of hell. Amen? <laughs> like we're here to bring as many people out of hell as we can. And he says that with like the biggest smile on his face. It's like, because his hair is white and his beard is white, it's like Santa. Like, you know, like he's just got like so cheerful about, we're here to plunder the gates of hell, you guys. And like our video last week with Penn, if we believe that we have the answer to eternal life, how much do we have to hate somebody not to say something? You guys, we can't afford to coast in our life. Even when you're going through everyday life, through ordinary moments. I don't want a single student to leave Sunrise Youth to graduate from high school and look back and say, I wish I would have done more. I wish I would have done better. 
I want Sunrise Youth to be able to say, when they leave here, to say, I left it all in the field. Amen? When I walked out of St. Peter High School, I did everything I could do to bring as many students with me as possible. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Acts 3. We see a seize every moment, moment in Scripture. In verse 1, it says, Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called Beautiful Gate. Pickup line, guys, right? Like, if you were a gate, you'd be beautiful. Okay, sorry. Lame. Anyway. (laughs) And then you can take them to scripture, right? And they might give their heart to Jesus. And anyway, no, I didn't say that. Jessica, don't judge me. I I feel... (laughs) To ask alms of those entering the temple, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention to them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised, and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them. Walking and leaping and praising God, and all the people saw him walking and praising God, and he recognized and they recognized him as the one who sat the be- at, at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. You guys, I love this section of scripture because Peter and John they're 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 in the middle of going somewhere, right? Where are they going? They're going to the temple. They have a task at hand. They're going to the temple to pray. And that could have been it, right? Like, they're just like, we're going to the temple to pray. Jessica was singing a song uh, that was a kid's song that I I guess maybe you guys know. Um, I do not. Um, Anyway, but they had a task at hand. They were going to the temple. And I I get this picture of this, this guy who everybody knows who he is, right? Everybody knows that he's there every day. They're like, yep, this is the same spot. The grass is worn out right where his mat sits. How easy would it have been for them to ignore him? I think of going to the cities. How many of you drove to the cities and you see the panhandler sitting at the, the sign? What do you do? Drive right, past. right? Like you roll up your window, you know, like don't talk to me, don't talk to me. And you ignore them, Right? Peter and John are on their way to do something, yet something in them makes them stop. They seize the moment to speak into this guy's life. He's crippled from birth. He was put where he was every day to beg. This is a guy that everybody knows about. Everybody who's walking to the temple is like, there's this crippled beggar. It would have been easy for them to ignore him. And he sees Peter and John and he does what he's supposed to, right? He begs. And then I love Peter, it says, Peter directed his gaze at him as did John and said, look at us. (laughs) 
a weird way to kind of open it up, right? Like, <laughs> hey, you, look at us. And so this guy does. He looks at him and says he's expecting money, right? What else would he be expecting? But I think of that can't stop, won't stop moment. That they know this guy, that they know that he's a beggar. He's been crippled since birth. They could have kept walking. They could have ignored his pleas. It could have made them late, right? Like they, they might have been walking to the temple in a hurry. Like, we're going to be late. They're going to lock us out. Maybe they get to the guy and they don't know what to say to him, right? Like they get there and like, hey, you, look at me. <laughs> Where's the conversation going from, now, from here, God? And they didn't have any money, right? Like, what if this guy's like, hey. And they're like, well, I don't have silver and gold. Well, get out of here then. And he fixes attention at them, expecting to receive money. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give you. You guys, this verse is challenging to me because as a church, as people, as Americans... We can't really say silver and gold I do not have, right? Jesus wants more than just our silver and gold, you guys. I think as Americans, it's easy for us to throw money at things. Think about speed to light. How easy for us is it to put a dollar in the basket and send it on its way, but yet never really do anything for it, Right? It's easy for us to throw silver and gold at things. Even as high schoolers, even if you don't have a job, you can get money. We can respond to a need and give five, ten, twenty dollars with not much effort at all. How many times have we thrown silver and gold at something and Jesus desired more? Think about that. Has he birthed the dream in your heart? I think of our conversation in the last few weeks, Hope, of the change for change, right? There's a, there's a dream that God has put in your heart to help raise money and funds for sex trafficking, but it's more than just about change, right? It takes more effort to get something off the ground to get a dream going. It takes investment. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes a risk of failing, it takes getting others on board, right? I'm going to start this change for change. You might be the only one doing it. If you don't get anybody else with you, nothing changes. But I look at the apostles and it's easy for them to say because they don't have silver and gold. So when I ask you, are you letting silver and gold get in your way of being used by God? Because in reality, what Peter and John share when they tell this beggar, in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. You guys, in reality, that's the only thing we have worth sharing. Jesus is the only thing we have that is worth sharing in our life. I can give you my most valued possession today. I can give you the key to my motorcycle right now, right? There you go. It's not my most valued possession. 
I want that back, by the way. <laughs> I can give you the key to my, to my house, which is the, the most expensive thing I've ever bought. What's that? I don't know if that's the... That's weird. We just crossed the line there. I'm not giving my wife away, okay? <laughs> and I could give you that. And it may be a great gift to you, but it's just temporary, right? In the end, you have to paint the stupid house. You have to keep it up. In the end, you have to like, maintain the motorcycle or it falls apart. I look at the life of this beggar and Peter and John stopped what they were doing. They seized the moment and they shared the only thing they had worth sharing. Unfortunately, I see a lot of people that can't say silver and gold I do not have, but I also see a lot of people who won't say in the name of Jesus, walk. Right? We won't share our faith with people. And this man's life is literally transformed. Like muscles grow, tendons grow, ligaments grow. They watch him stand up. Can you imagine like Paul in that moment of like in the name of Jesus walk and hand out his hand like, okay, God, you've got to show up because I'm going to lift him up and this is going to look awfully silly if he doesn't stand up. And he does. Are you speaking Jesus in your friend's situations, into your friend's problems, into their relationships, into their drama, or do you just get caught up in it? Because if you're not, you will be coasting in that situation. You'll be a victim of what's happening around you. Worst of all, you'll be watching someone else coast with you. I love verse 10 because it says he walks into the temple praising God. Can you imagine all those people that, that didn't stop, that didn't do anything, that didn't hand him anything, all of a sudden they're like, wait a minute. That's the guy that I just ignored. I've just walked by the last however many years of my life. That's the guy that's been crippled for his whole life. Because scripture says they recognized him as the same man and they were filled with wonder and amazement. When my friend Paul said what he said, it, it feels like that moment to me. That feels like a moment that someone came into my life and said, get up and walk. Stop wasting your life. God used it to wake me up. I get verse 10 in my life because it's like, I will never stop walking into the temple praising God along the way. Friends that knew me in high school, they're still like, wait a minute, you're a pastor? Right? Because they knew me. They knew my life. They knew what I was like in high school. I've had some friends say some pretty interesting things when they found out I was a pastor. The one that's coming to mind, I will not share with you. So, um, You guys, Jesus wants you to seize every moment like Paul and John did here. They stopped what they're doing. They stopped their plans and they spoke into this man's life. 
Are you seizing every moment? Or do you find yourself in a place that you don't know what you're doing? You don't have much purpose. You don't have your 10-year life plan. You don't share the one thing in your life that's worth sharing with others. When we look at things that like speed the light, it's not just about money. When we think about things like change for change, it's not about the change that we can throw at it, right? Do you find yourself in a coasting rhythm? You wake up, you take a shower, you go to school, you hate school, you go home, you video game till midnight, go to sleep. Wait, you got to eat in there somewhere, right? Like, do you find yourself in that rhythm? The next day is just rinse and repeat, do it all over again. I hate where I'm at. I don't like what I'm doing. I hate school. Eat a cheeseburger. You know, like, what, what are we doing? That is not the life that God wants us to have. He has put a can't stop, won't stop message in you. A message that you need to seize the moment. And we may not know the correct things to say. We might say like, hey, you look at me. Shoot, he actually is now. You know, like we may get in that moment. We may not know the correct things to say, but we can always pray, right? Hey, I don't know what to tell you, but can I pray with you? Like, <laughs> is there an area in your life that you want prayer over? We can point people to Jesus in every situation, not get caught up in the drama and situation and everything else. Because plain and simple, what's in our life is, is Jesus is what can't stop, won't stop. It's the only thing we have worth sharing, you guys. And I love that in this section of scripture, we see Peter and John have this moment of like, I'm going to the temple, I'm doing my thing. I have my schedule, we need to get there on time. But yet they see this bigger and they know that God has something in store for them, so they stop. And his life is transformed because of it. Will you be like my friend, Paul Orcutt? Will you wake somebody up and say, stop what you're doing? What are you doing with your life? Wake up. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for Peter and John that show us that our life can be interrupted, Father. And it should be. And that God, as a, as a nation, as a country, as a culture, it's easy for us to throw money at things. But it doesn't always mean that we're invested. It doesn't always mean that we're, we're listening to you. It doesn't always mean that we're in it. And Father, I pray for the students that are here. I pray that as they would graduate from St. Peter, as they would leave Sunrise, Father, that they could leave here saying, I left everything I could do here. I made relationships. I made friendships. I brought friends with me. I invited them to, to a youth group. I, I shared my faith with people. I prayed for students. I tried the best I could in high school. God, I left it all there. 
I pray that there's not a single student that would walk out of these doors and say, I wish I would have done better. God, I have regrets. I didn't plug in the way I wanted to. And Father, I pray that you would change the heart of this generation from, from simply just throwing money at things because that's easy. But seizing the moment and speaking truth into people's lives. Sharing who Jesus is, what you have done for their life. Bringing them with, as Stephen Losh would say, plundering the gates of hell to bring as many people with us as we possibly can. And Father, our friends may tell us to shut up, to stop talking, to stop inviting them. But God, we can't stop, won't stop because you're the only thing in our life that's worth sharing. Even our most valuable thing pales in comparison. Father, I pray that that would be a reality that sinks into our students' hearts tonight, Jesus. There's nothing else in this world worth sharing but the name of Jesus Christ and what you've done for us. Because God, when we get there, I believe that we're gonna see miracles. We're going to see people get up from their mat. We're going to see people's lives wake up and be forever changed. And Father, I pray that the students that are sitting in these chairs would be bold enough, would be strong enough, would be courageous enough to say, look at me. What are you doing with your life? And God, I thank you for the people that were courageous enough to step up and be that in my life. Father, I pray over these students. I pray over this generation. God, they are world changers. And it excites me to see what you are going to do through them. God, would you change St. Peter because of them? Would you change the shape of our nation? Would you change where we're going? God, teach us along the way. Help us to seize every moment in our life. And God, we give you this night. We give you this section of scripture. God, we pray that it speaks to our hearts and we pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I just want to say, if you find yourself in a spot that you're coasting through life, I would love to pray with you. But know that you're, you have a mission, right? You have a purpose. God has put you here and now for a reason. Seize every moment. Amen? Have a good night, guys.